The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'll tell you this, the Texans are waiting to see what happens, but I don't see any way Watson ever plays there again. And uh, I'm guessing there's some team that would pop up before the draft and lowball them and say, we'll take the problem off your hands because they know eventually it'll be behind Watson, he'll play again, and he'll play great. That was John McClain last night on PFTPM with his prediction, his belief. He's been following the story as close as anyone, if not closer, that Deshaun Watson eventually will be traded by the Houston Texans. Obviously, the ever-unfolding situation involving now 16 at last count. There could be more assault lawsuits filed against Watson. That creates an issue that will be behind him at some point. Yeah. He will move on from this at some point, I believe. I don't think he's going to be in a situation where he never plays football again because of this, Chris. And the short-term complication could become longer-term depending upon what the NFL does and how long these 16 cases or up to 24 or more take to resolve. Right. But this, we've seen this before. I don't want to name names. I don't want to go down memory lane here with other guys who, and in the moment, it looked like they'd never play again. And ultimately, they did play again. And ultimately, it did get behind them. Now, a lot of this is controlled by the way Watson handles himself going forward. But that that is an important point to remember. At some juncture in the future, who knows how far in the future, but at some point, this will be behind him and will be behind everyone who's paying attention to it. And to the extent that there is any responsibility on his part, Hopefully he will find a way to make proper amends and the victims, if there are victims, not alleged victims, will be able to move on as well. They're part of this story, too. But at some point, we believe this will be over. It's just as we sit here today, 
who knows when that will be. I mean, it's it affects a few teams in the NFL, I'm sure. And now they're probably, you know, I, I think about the Carolina Panthers. They're probably, oh, no. You know, we, we were sitting back here kind of hoping we'd get a chance or a crack at making a trade for the guy. Now we, now we might definitely have to go to the draft and figure out, you know, plan B, plan C. You know, of course, the Miami Dolphins, it seems like they've moved on, uh, I think, but we don't know that for sure either. But I think they're a team that we both know was very interested if it became available and the Texans had the conversation. But, like, Mike, do you really believe it? Do you really believe by the time, like, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to dispute John McClain. Like we talked about the other day, he's the man. He's a legend down in Houston. And when he talks about anything down there, I listen. But do you really think at this point where we sit, you know, basically a little more than a month out from the draft, that this is going to get cleared up in, 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 in that amount of time to where teams are now going to call the Texans to try to trade them? Like, what's your gut say there? Well, I think it's going to take a lot to get to the point before right? this draft right. where that can happen. Yes. Because of the sheer volume of claims the time that it takes for the civil justice system to move forward, the possibility of a criminal prosecution, the ever-looming possibility of placement of Deshaun Watson on the commissioner exempt list. And I think back to 2019 with Antonio Brown when he was just facing one claim for sexual assault. Right. The NFL's unwillingness to tell teams whether or not he would be placed on the commissioner exempt list paralyzed and froze in place any interest, any effort, because the concern was we're going to sign this guy, and as soon as we do, he's going to be placed on paid leave. We're going to be paying him to not play. Why would we do that? We're not going to sign him until we know that he's going to be able to play. And, of course, the NFL didn't tell anybody what they were going to do. And in this case, the possibility that Watson could eventually be put on paid leave would be one of the major reasons why a team would not trade for him because right. then you have a guy that you're going to pay $10 million in a year with a reduced cap. Right. You're going to pay $10 million to a guy that doesn't play at all this year, and you're looking at $35 million in salary in 2022 if it isn't resolved by then. Here's the key, and there were some developments yesterday. We finally heard from Rusty Harden, who right. issued a statement. There was an affidavit, declaration, whatever you want to call it, written testimony from a business manager who works with Deshaun Watson regarding one of these claims. We'll get into those details as we discuss this topic throughout this segment. And you know, why, why are you talking about Deshaun Watson? Because there's news again. There's news again. There's 16 cases, and Watson's lawyer has put out a statement that has several things that are worth discussing. But let me just say this, because it dovetails with whether or not there's any way he yeah. could be traded by the draft. Right. And and this dawned on me last night. And people have asked me since I practiced law, how would you handle it? What would you do? Would you represent him? What advice would you give him? And my advice for him right now, independent of whether or not he's guilty. And I would and and look, it's we're in no position to opine with any certainty on that. All no, we know is but it doesn't there's look a good. lot of people right. who are accusing him of misconduct. I would advise him as aggressively as I could, and I probably would disengage from helping him if he refused this advice. My advice would be to set up a mediation session. And mediation has become extremely popular over the last 30, 35 years as a way for resolving civil claims without tying up the resources of the justice system. Because in most jurisdictions, 
the judges are there both for criminal cases and civil cases, and they don't get paid by the case. They don't get paid by the hour. They get paid, as Michael Scott says, by the year. They get a salary. That's it, no matter how many or how few cases they have. And if they have too many cases over a sufficient period of time, they just get another judge. But you go through periods of time where you're extremely busy until the legislature or other appropriate governmental entities gives you another judge to take some of this workload. So the judges like it very much when the parties decide on their own to find a way to settle the case. And mediation is very popular. And what you do is you find a retired judge who will have the right presence, the right demeanor, create the sense of a quasi day in court where everyone gets together. And they hash out some of the issues in an initial meeting, although you don't have to go into extensive detail and you don't want to get people upset in this initial meeting. And then you break out into sessions where you you, you try to work the cases out and something happens. I've, I've been involved as the lawyer representing the defendant in a civil case, the plaintiff in a civil case, and I've been the mediator. There's something that happens when you bring everyone together with a genuine interest in trying to resolve their issues. And if there's interest on on both sides and you've got 16 up to 24 different people who may feel different ways. Right. And all it takes is one to say, no, I want my day in real court and I don't care if I win or lose. I want my rights to be vindicated. I want to have a chance to testify about what this guy did to me. Eh. Okay, that, that 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 all it takes is one. Right. But I'm saying, yeah, you have to. This is where this is where Tony Busby needs to get his clients under control, and explain to them that there are many forms of justice, and the fact that they're all proceeding with a pseudonym would tell me that they would prefer not to have to go into open court and tell their story. Right. Seems that way. Because they haven't. Yeah. So they haven't the, the, their the, name this to is, it. So, again, I'm trying to find a way to thread the popcorn here to make this end. I don't want to say make it go away because it's something that needs to be dealt with. Deshaun Watson needs to deal with it. He needs to have some sort of reckoning, whether it's because of misconduct during these massages or because of this habit. Yeah. This whatever, whatever it was that possessed him to search through Instagram for his massage therapist. And and he, here's where, and this is what pushed me over the edge to say, you just got to settle this. Because, Chris, what Rusty Harden thinks is a silver bullet is not a silver bullet. And this gets to one of the big flaws in the presentation of evidence from yesterday. Yeah. You got 16 people who are claiming misconduct. And they focused on one claim. And the argument is that there's one woman who engaged in consensual sexual activity with Deshaun Watson and then tried to blackmail him for $30,000 to not talk about yeah, it. Yeah, saw this. Okay? Yeah. Okay, and Brian Burney issues the statement explaining the the back and forth. And and, and he, he said to this woman's business manager, this is extortion. And the guy said, it's not extortion, it's blackmail. Like, that makes it okay. Like, that's the story that Brian Burney tells. And and the argument, two problems. Number one, the argument from Harden that, and I'm, I'm trying to find the exact language here, that finding one of these 16 that was trying to blackmail or extort Watson calls into question the legitimacy of the other cases. It doesn't. There's too many. Yeah. If there was two or three others, maybe it does. Right. If there's 16, it doesn't. And beyond that, Chris, 
it's an admission that this is exactly what Watson was doing. He was looking for massages with the opportunity for it to turn sexual. Yeah. Because yeah. they're admitting he did it he did it with one of these people and she wanted thirty thousand dollars on the back end to not talk about it. So that for me was the moment where I said, It's time for Watson to write whatever checks he has to write right. to these sixteen individuals to buy out these lawsuits and move forward. Because I don't see a way this ends well no for him way. if he decides to dig in and fight. No way. There's no way it ends well. I, I don't get that either. All right, Mike, let me ask you this. Like now, if he settles this, right? And I mean, I saw your article yesterday and, and everything you wrote last night. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I really agree with just about everything you wrote. You know, he's in a no-win situation you know, at this point. Yeah. Of his own making. Of his own making. Of his own making. Even if he didn't engage in insult. The, he created this mess yes. by deciding to go to Instagram to find a string of massage string, therapists like, that yes. is up to 24. Exactly. All right, sorry. All right, no, yeah, you're good. I'm glad, I'm glad you explained that. Now, what if they settle with the 16, right, and do that, is there anything to stop more from coming out later and then having to deal with it? Like, you know, we have 16. There's maybe 24 out there. Okay, the 16 gets settled with. Now, those eight that we talked about might be out there. They look at the money and go. Get them to the table, too. You got to get, get everybody all, all, to the table. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, Chris, basically part of the everybody. process. Yeah. Part of the process is you try to make sure you've got all of them. And just yeah. the mere fact yeah. okay. that you would have to engage in a brainstorming session with Deshaun Watson. Is that all? Are there more? Are there more? Are there more? That in and of itself. Yeah. It's further reinforces my belief this needs to be resolved. He needs to find a way to get this behind him. And the last thing he should do is fight. Because, Chris, if there's other others out there that could be part of this effort to resolve the case, that means there's others out there that could still sue him. Right. And the only time those cases go away is once the statute of limitations expires. So I, I the, just the, the, the simple fact that you'd have to sit down and with a calendar and try to recreate all the different times you had massage therapists that you found on social media. Uh, it's all the more reason, all the more reason to get this resolved. Now the other side of it, Chris doesn't make the NFL go away. No, that's now a, that that's the NFL's activated. Yes. It's yeah, right. I, it's, it's, and, but you know what, at this point you, you, you deal with it. Yeah. You de you, you get, it's your own fault that you're in this mess. You get it. You get it resolved in a way that that is, you know, it, the, and and what I what I always said at mediation was the best outcome is both sides are a little bit upset, you know, no one gets everything they want, but they get resolution and they can move on with their lives, and uh, after that happens, whatever it takes to resolve those cases, then you have to sit back and see what the NFL will do, and even though. Is the NFL more lenient or strict when they see? Okay, now you've paid out and settled in the civil suit. Are they? Is that in the NFL's eye like a look of guilt, basically? You know, I mean, how do they look at that? Well, here's the reality. Yeah, and we know this from experience. Whether it's Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, I could, we could rattle off 10, 15 different names. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, and we don't know, and they don't tell you in advance what they're going to do. I remember when Adrian Peterson was dealing with his situation in 2014 arising from aggressive over discipline of his child his right. small child there was a belief 
from what I was told at the time, that the way he handled it, the way it was resolved, Rusty Harden was involved in that case, by the way, the way that criminal case was resolved, there was an understanding that things would go one way with the NFL, and it didn't go that way. Right. The NFL can do whatever it wants. The way the personal conduct policy has been set up, the NFL has the discretion and the leeway to do whatever it chooses in any given case. And remember Ben Roethlisberger, Chris. He was sued for rape in 2009. And then in 2010, there was the incident in Georgia for which he was nearly prosecuted. I still believe there was a settlement to to give that victim or alleged victim her sense of justice right. and short circuit a prosecution. But that didn't stop the NFL from yeah. disciplining Roethlisberger. He was suspended six games, reduced to four to start the 2010 season. So I could see the NFL, even if. You settle these cases with a confidentiality clause that necessarily prevents any of the 24 or more from talking to the NFL. And the NFL has no subpoena power. They could still bring in Deshaun Watson. They could grill Deshaun Watson. And the sheer volume and the magnitude of the distraction that he's created, the tarnishing of the shield, he could still get suspended for that. Now, how long of a suspension would it be? You, you, could, you could look at it and say, well, the fact that he eliminated the distraction by resolving these cases is a positive yeah, for him in right. the eyes of the league. It also could be a negative because they can look at it and say, you, you clearly did something you shouldn't have done. Yeah. So we're going to be more inclined to, to suspend you. I, I think like, I, I just have a hard time thinking that he will not get suspended really at this point, you know, just because uh, he's too big of a figure. There's too many things that are wrong about the situation, you know, whether he's guilty or not, like we said, we're not trying to do that. But it, but it there, there's the NFL is gonna I think want to set an example a little bit here to be like listen I don't care who you are you're one of the five best players in the league whatever this can't go down and anything about it we're not even judging what happened inside the massage rooms or anything like that the way it went down the way it looks is that just it's a bad example for for all players let alone you know of course what we're hearing and some of the details and all that. I just, I have a hard time thinking the NFL won't kind of, you know, take a, a tough stance here with this one. And like, Mike, let me ask you this too. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I'm with you. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Like what, what good did it do? I don't think it did any good to tell the fact that you were getting a massage therapist and really basically paying for consensual sex or non-consensual sex or whatever. I mean, that, that, I mean, I go back to what you said. That's the thing that popped out to me last night reading the article. That was yep. basically an admission of guilt right there. I mean, I, I, I mean, it looks like to me to where I just think the NFL is going to be able to look at that and go, well, you said it on this one. There's 16 cases. There's, you know, eight other ones. And, you know, this doesn't look good. And we think probably you had the same intentions with all the other ones to go along with that. And, and that's where I, I don't understand that. I'm, I'm really shocked, like, that, you know, uh, Mr. Harden, whatever the hell his first name is, Rusty, excuse Rusty. me. Rusty. I'm shocked that he let that be out there. Was it worth to say one person was blackmailing or extorting us to let that out of the bag, to let it known that, yes, this is what he does? He gets on Instagram and tries to find therapists and pay for consensual sex. I don't know if that was worth it to let that out there. No, I think that's the problem. That's the silver bullet that becomes the boomerang. And yeah, right. when, you, when you take the step back and you look at this, it takes off the table any defense for Deshaun Watson premised on there was never any attempt 
to secure sexual favors. Yeah, that's These over. These were massages. Remember, we talked about this last week. Right. These are massages of sensitive areas. It's a, an inherently intimate act. And the, the, if you're massaging the upper groin, there may be incidental contact with, sure. with things. Yeah. And yeah, or if happens. you're massaging the the gluteus, there may you know it's uh, and, and and that that's gone now. That's out the window. Yeah, because he admits through his lawyers that there was consensual sex with one of these individuals. So you can't say, well, it was just one. It wasn't all of them because it, it does. It creates the image and the perception and the reality that these were not traditional massages. Yeah. These were massages with a wink and a nod. And the problem he's now into, it's it, there's two ways this goes as it relates to the alleged victims. Either it was aggressive conduct by him that crossed the line. Yeah. Or or there was consensual conduct that now that this is all out there maybe it wasn't consensual maybe they were kind of okay with it at the time or you know but but there's never going to be a persuasive argument from Watson's camp that I this I that's not I, I that's not what I do I'm just getting massages what are you talking about sexual activity during massages no these are just massages that to me that hurts his entire defense and that's that's one of the big reasons why I said last night it's time for this time to go to settle. away. And, and listen, professional athletes out there, to the extent any of you are watching the show today or listening to it on Sirius XM 211, and if you are during your workout or whatever, we appreciate that very much. Listen to the advice of the people you have around you to give you advice. This is not a time when you're in a spot like this to be stubborn. Yeah. If you're young and you're stubborn, the problem is you don't have the life experience to understand how these situations unfold. And Innocent or guilty, the moment for Deshaun Watson to recognize there was a problem that needed to be taken seriously and not flatly denied was when the first case came his way. But apparently, however it was handled, yeah, it, 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 it lit the fuse for 16 or up to 24 more. Tony Busby may have been content to just resolve this one quietly, the first one. And that would have been the end of it. And we never would have known about it. I had an agent tell me over the weekend that that over the course of the past year, on behalf of his clients, there had been three occasions where someone made a claim. Yep. They thought it was they thought it was frivolous. They thought it was wrong. And it wasn't a sexual thing, just different things. You right. said something to somebody, you bumped it or whatever. It's and as you, you you write the check and you move on because you don't want the headache that comes from the media coverage and the potential for litigation and everything that can flow from that, Chris. And there's wisdom in that. Now, the, the, the real wisdom is don't do stuff like this if you're guilty. Yeah, right. But the separate business side of it is there's a point where you got to take your medicine and there's a point where you have to face your reckoning. And if there's a way you can face your reckoning before it explodes that's the better way to face your record. Well, definitely. It looks like really that, you know, Watson got wind of this, right? The situation, what was going to go down. He makes that definitive statement on Twitter, probably at that time, just thinking it's going to be one person, right? And hoping that this one thing go, this one person, one thing, he can fight it and go away. But, you know, what I'm shocked by a little bit is, yeah, to, to, to your point of what you're talking about with players, this is where you got to be really honest with the people around you to help you. And, yeah, before you send that message out to Twitter, 
you, you talk to whether an agent or something and go, hey, this is going on, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, listen, it's not just this one person. I, I, it could be fishy with five, 10 other people, whatever. You got to be honest there. Then maybe where that person advises you and goes, okay, no, no, don't set out, set, you know, send, send out that tweet that, you know, makes it sound like you're totally innocent and how dare anybody criticize me or, or try to punish me for this action. You know, so that is where you talk about advice coming in handy. But like now, Mike, to, to everything you've said, it's over. It is over. Like, there's no way. You can't go to court or do any of this. You've already lost. The perception is what it is. Everybody's going to look at Deshaun Watson and think, oh, it's a little weird, right? Okay. But I think the best, you know, road or avenue is, is like you're saying, get in a room, settle it. You're going to have to write a really big check. But I think that all expedites you know, the whole process and gets Deshaun back to what he really wants to do, which is trying to forget this and play football once again. And I think the bottom line, you know, with, with all these women and, and everything else, that's what Deshaun wants and wants to do. He does want to play football. We know that. And the reality is this, and I want to be clear about this. The process of going through mediation is intended to give the individuals who have made these claims against Watson a fair shake something that feels like a day in court and something that allows them to believe that justice was done, that a reckoning was had, that their message was heard, that they spoke truth to power and fame. And Deshaun Watson and all other professional athletes or anyone else with power and fame and money will know that these are not appropriate activities in which to engage. So there's a way to do this and satisfy the interests of everyone involved. And I just think that the best way to do it is to do it now, to do it informally, and to do it before you start going to court and setting schedules for trial and having depositions right. set where the individuals testify. And then Deshaun Watson at some point has to testify. And Chris, here's another reason. This is the most important reason, I think. Setting aside whatever it would cost to defend himself from beginning to end of litigation. Even if you win, the legal fees for this many cases will be astronomical. Setting that aside, setting aside whatever the NFL may do to him by way of an unpaid suspension, set that aside. Set aside the possibility of significant verdicts that you would have to pay to these individuals if you lose all the cases at trial. Set all that aside. You can still go to jail. And... Even though I've said, case like this, difficult to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that there was some sort of criminal misconduct. Very right. difficult when you're talking about the versions of two different people. But here, here, here's what happens. If you defend the civil cases, you're going to be called to testify at some point. What do you do? Do you take the fifth? Do you invoke your right against self-incrimination yeah, to you, protect right. yourself right. in the criminal cases? If you do that, criminal lawyer would say, do that. Don't talk. You could still be prosecuted. Yeah. You're going to lose every civil case in which you get on the witness stand after the plaintiff has told her story of all these things that you did. And your response is, I invoke my right against self-incrimination. Those cases are done. And if you do testify, you set yourself up to be 
twisted into knots by an experienced and skilled interrogator who will potentially allow you to give the prosecution a transcript of your own words that will be used to fuel your prosecution. Right. That's another light bulb. I had multiple light bulbs that finally went off for me last yeah. night after I looked at Rusty well, Hart. Something finally working in that brain. Digested it. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> but but and and you know and and here's. Here, well, I want to I want to ask this, you one, one but, other but thing But listen, too. Chris, let me yeah. say one last thing. Yeah, go ahead. This this just shows that when when the lawyer finally comes forward on behalf of Deshaun Watson, the statement does more harm than good. It seems like it. It does seem like it because yeah, we you know we got a little you know inkling into okay it seems like you know consensual paid massage goes on right okay all right that's a little weird but what 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 I think really hurt them too and I I wanted to hit on this just for a second is you know now Busby reacts to Harden's statement and the fact that you know maybe Mr. Harden doesn't know all the things that Mr. Busby knows yet right to now where Busby says something about you know what? What was the the part? The NDA that they have they they have evidence that he was trying to make these massage therapists sign NDAs right before or after some of these massages. That's weird. I mean that that doesn't look good either. Like bam, strike. You know, seventeen. Tony Busby gets another strikeout there with something else he does on social media, and that didn't look good for Watson or, or Rusty Harden either. Yeah, Harden's statement uh, criticizes Busby's antics and says he created a circus-like atmosphere. Well, you know what? Ultimately, it's been effective. You may not like the methods. I don't like the methods. They wouldn't mesh with my own personal style. But you know what? What Busby has done has been extremely effective. No doubt. In the court of public opinion and also on the broader chessboard of how these cases will play out in court or prior to court, and the consequences potentially for Deshaun Watson, civilly, criminally, and professionally. And we mentioned earlier the Ben Roethlisberger case. That was 11 years ago. There may be people who completely forget about it. There may be people who never even knew about it at all. So much time has passed. But when Ben Roethlisberger faced the claim of misconduct in Georgia in 2010, and there ultimately was no prosecution, And again, I still continue to believe that there was a confidential settlement of claims, which is a perfectly legitimate way for justice to be dispensed. If the plaintiff slash accuser is satisfied with that outcome, so be it. Money changing hands is how justice is done in the civil justice system, and that can sometimes short circuit a prosecution. When it was all said and done, here is the key portion from the letter that Roger Goodell sent to Ben Roethlisberger explaining the suspension. I recognize the allegations in Georgia were disputed. They did not result in criminal charges being filed against you. My decision today is not based on a finding that you violated Georgia law or on a conclusion that differs from the local prosecutor. That said, you are held to a higher standard as an NFL player, and there is nothing about your conduct that can remotely be described as admirable, responsible, or consistent with either the values of the league or the expectations of our fans. Right. Your conduct raises sufficient concerns that I believe effective intervention now is the best step for your personal and professional welfare. You could take 
that paragraph and copy paste apply yeah, that's to right. Deshaun Watson's current situation. Right. Because even if we don't find out anything else, we know enough to say that his conduct raises sufficient concerns that effective intervention now is the best step for his personal and professional welfare case closed. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, no, I I hear you. And you know, when in, in that statement, you know, your your conduct is, you know, held to a different level, I'm paraphrasing here, as far as, you know, you're an NFL player, I think there's another, you know, up the ante when you're talking about a franchise quarterback that the league is even going to be you know, more critical of, of these type of guys, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Deshaun Watson's, because they are the faces of the NFL. And this is one where, you know, yeah, people don't want, you know, the NFL's not going to want people to look at this and go, oh, well, they led Deshaun Watson off easy. You know, he's a star quarterback. So they're, they're, they're not going to do that. I think it's actually going to make it, you know, more of a hard stance from the NFL on this issue because of, you know, the star power that Deshaun Watson has. Yeah, so look, I... We, 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 we've, we've tried to be as balanced as we can. We've tried to be as fair as we can. And we've reacted to the news as the news has come to us. I, I, I just, I think that now is the time. Yep. Settle, settle, for, settle, settle. But, but the, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger reckoning here is that Deshaun Watson has engaged in behaviors that he should not have engaged in. He should not have been trolling social media for massage therapy plus, which is what based upon the effort to knock out all the cases by showing blackmail in the instance of one that, that seems to be what he was doing. Right. And it wasn't an isolated occurrence. It wasn't two or three times. It was a pattern, a practice, a way of life. And the, the, look, uh, the, 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 this is this is where you need to have people around you who can tell you hard truths and can can bust through the facade of youth and fame and inexperience and money and I don't want to say arrogance in a pejorative way. There's just a natural amount of healthy quarterback. I'm the guy, arrogance. It just goes with the territory. Chris, you've it lived that. It does. It, Listen, you, I lived you, with you, one. I, I am one. I mean, <laughs> you know, yes, you know, quarterbacks, of course, that's what makes them good. There's great self-confidence. There is an arrogance, you know. There's the ability to do things wrong, and you're so good at, you know, being mentally strong that you can convince yourself in your own brain that this is really not that bad. And, th- and that's, you know, that's how quarterbacks can throw three interceptions and then just go back out in the field and go, I'm going to throw the ball and we're going to go down the field and score a touchdown here. So, yeah, it is part of the makeup of it. But in, in this case, that's a negative. And it-, it led him down a negative road here to where now, you know, he's in big, big trouble. And here's the other side of it as well. Beyond whoever your agent or lawyer or managers may be, the falling out that Deshaun Watson has had with the Texans as a practical matter means that there really isn't someone from the organization that's in a position yeah, to help him really. to speak to him the way right. that he needs to be spoken to right. in order to advance his long-term and short-term best interests. 
There's David Culley's not in a position to do it. He doesn't want to talk to David Culley. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk to Cal McNair. He doesn't want to talk to Jack Easterby. He doesn't want to talk to Nick Casario. And if that was a functional relationship right now, maybe the coach is the one who would sit Deshaun down and have this conversation yeah, with I think him, so. man to man, right. about what he needs to do. Because somebody needs to have that conversation yeah. with him. And Deshaun, I know Deshaun's not watching. If I was him, I wouldn't. I, right now, you're in you're you're in the middle yeah. of the biggest mess of your life, and I I hope he acknowledges that at this point. I yeah. hope in the past eight days he's gone from shrugging it off to taking it extremely seriously because these dominoes do potentially fall in a way that removes your liberty for a long period of time, okay? Someone needs to look him in the eye and tell him, this is the time to take your reckoning. This is the time to resolve these claims. This is the time to make sure. It doesn't matter what you think happened. It doesn't matter what you believe occurred. This is the time for you to make it right with people who walked into a room to give you a massage, not realizing that you were in it for more than the massage. Right. And this testimony from Brian Bernie proves that you were in it for more than the massage. And, 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 and your, your, your defense of they're trying to extort me. They're trying to blackmail me they're They were fine with it at the time, but they're not now. Yeah. that's gone yeah that's over now's the time for you to accept the natural consequences of this behavior this and it wasn't one time it was a pattern that repeated itself over and over and over again to the point where he's not even sure how many there are his agent's not sure how many there are his lawyer's not sure how many there are and they're bracing for more that's how big of, of a of a deal this became in his life and that now's the t- now's the time to Now's the time to make it right. Yeah. Now's the time to make it right for yourself, for them, for everyone, because it's only going to get worse. The longer you dig in, it's only going to get worse. And we're only eight days into this, and look at where we are. It's only going to get worse if you keep dug in. No, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, uh, I'm, I got nothing else to say. So you want to go to commercial break because I'm done. Let's take a break. Uh, Alabama had their pro day yesterday. Mac Jones had his workout. Chris is going to tell you what he thought of it. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Mac Jones had his pro day workout yesterday. James Palmer of NFL Media. But what in the world is that? I love Let's it. land in Dickerson the with the army crawl behind Mac Jones. I, I thought he was setting up the old uh, one guy gets down on oh, his yeah. hands and Push knees over, and somebody right. else pushes <laughs> him over. <laughs> that would have been great. You never forget the first time that you fall for that. I can remember it vividly, that feeling of just falling and un- and what is going on. But, uh, yeah, that's what he could have done. Uh, hey, cool anyway, story about uh, that guy anyways with Landon Dickerson. He was their starting center, right? He, he, he tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. Yeah. He suited up for the national championship game, and they let him take – you know, he snapped the ball at the end when they were kneeling it down to beat Ohio State. That's a good feel-good story. So he was out there, you know, with his center yesterday. That was cool. Is there a way we can roll that again? Because I, I have an observation to make that, that may be completely ridiculous and inaccurate. Well, you've never done that as, before, so don't worry. No. As I see the guy crawling in, I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec on Peacock. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of Chris Pratt's character, Andy. Yeah, he reminds me of Andy Dwyer. Didn't that look like Andy Dwyer coming in? Isn't that something Andy Dwyer would do? That is exactly something Andy Dwyer would do. But it does look like the character. Yeah, I've seen the character, and I will. I will. But I I see what you mean. There's some similarities there. Uh, All right. So uh, yesterday we had workouts from some. Apparently they're having another pro day as well. And Devontae Smith did not get on the scale yesterday. Apparently he wants one more week to eat pizza and drink milkshakes and, and otherwise bacon. bulk up, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, the the the, uh, the waffle wrapped in a stick of butter made by Homer Simpson. But uh, Mac Jones did work out. Yeah, and and yeah, I've heard opinions all over the place. I've heard he falls out around one. I've heard he doesn't make it out of the top eight. Uh, what'd you see from him yesterday? Well, there's no way he's he's going in round one. I mean, I don't know what anybody could even be thinking there. And I'd be shocked if it's not in the top fifteen. I would be shocked. Listen, if he went fell to New England at 15, I would go, up. Oh, no, they're going to take him. If he's there at 15, New England's going, he is that their kind of guy. You know, you've heard all those Brady references and everything like that, you know. Um, so, first off, I think the negatives that people are trying to talk about with Mac Jones are, you know, it, it's phantom bull crap is what I really want to say. It's just, it's overanalyzation. You know, the one negative I'll ever you ever hear is, well, he's not an elite athlete like some of these other guys. Okay, I understand that, but his feet are phenomenal. I mean, they're phenomenal in the pocket. I mean, they're incredibly quick. They're better than Sam Darnold's were coming out in the draft or Daniel Jones or, you know, Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan or Derek Carr, you know, but I don't know why. That, that didn't get mentioned with those guys, but now this, it's a big deal. And, I, you know, that's where I don't agree with that first little sentiment about his game. Now, the throwing is flawless, Mike. It's flawless. I mean, if you watch the workout at all, it's like he has a magnet to the, the receiver's chest and, uh, and chin area. Every ball is like boom on the money except for one or two. And again, these weren't his real receivers. This is the workout crew. It probably would have looked better if he had Waddle and Devontae Smith out there. But I love all of this stuff, first off, just showing his footwork, you know, slant go, scene throw, boom. I mean, Mike, it's a machine throwing the football. And it might not wow you because you sit there and go, oh, it's just lasers. Look at that. But here's the 40. Okay, this is plenty fast. He can run. All right. The film shows he can run and get out of the pocket and throws the ball really well on the run. So, uh, again, the the things about Mac Jones. Yeah, does he look like a dork in his workout uniform? Yeah, he does. I wish he would dress differently. 
But that's not where I'm going to drop him down 20 picks because he doesn't look cool. You know, I, I like this more. Oh, here's a guy moving. Oh, boom. Oh, right. Another on-point, laser, perfect spiral, catchable ball right underneath the chin of the receiver. He's really a machine mechanically, and then he shows that on the field. And he's a better athlete, I think he showed yesterday, too. 32-inch vertical, that's pretty damn good for a quarterback. You know, of any stature, that's a damn good vertical. And then I think he showed the 40 there with the 4-9 that, you know, that's plenty good, too. So uh, I, I think that there is no way Mac Jones lasts later than 15 with what he has put on film. And now that little workout there, I think that silences everything. I didn't have an issue with the look at the workout, a little bit of a thicker version of Joe Burrow, maybe. Yeah, right. But we saw we saw the feet moving quickly. They Very. were blurring when he rolled out. It's just there's something about that goofy uniform, like Andy Reid and punt, pass, and kick. I mean, there's just there's something about it that makes it look ungainly. Yes, and 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 awkward and clumsy. And uh, he's got I a square that, body. He wears low black cleats and then, you know, the white socks on top of it. Right. Which was cool back in 1964 when Johnny Unitas was playing and Bart Starr. But it's not anymore. Right. And then, yeah, tucks in his shirt, you know. And yes, you're right. It's not like a you know, you could tell he's not rocked up. He's in shape. Anybody you talk to down there in Alabama and the things I've heard is, I mean, the guy is a psycho worker, a psycho. In the classroom, on the field, he is an absolute perfectionist, you know. And, you know, in his uniform, it's the same thing. He's, he's got that same look. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a square body, but the way he wears his uniform, I do think does him a little, you know, injustice that way. But, again, that, that's, when, that's when people miss on evaluations because they become biased about things that don't matter. And that doesn't that, look like a football player. Right, doesn't, doesn't look, look like oh, he should. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That 30-yard laser he threw down the seam for a touchdown looked like a football player. I mean, yeah, it didn't look cool. It didn't look like Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes. I get that. But the results at the end of the day are what they are. And you saw yesterday, I mean, he is. He's got plenty of arm. Threw a bunch of balls, deep post, 60, over 60 yards. Threw one or two over 65 yards in the air. He does it easy. I will continue to say – you know, his arm is every bit as good as Joe Burrow's last year, and that was not a question. For some reason this year, it's a little bit of a question with him. Yeah, okay. It, it, he's, he's got the least, least amount of power out of the top quarterbacks in the draft in his arm. That doesn't mean anything. It's still a really damn good arm, and it's the fact that he can throw Mike. You know, he doesn't have that 102-mile-per-hour fastball. But he can throw the 95-mile-per-hour fastball and put it anywhere he wants. He can just locate it everywhere. And even when his feet are cockeyed or he's moving in the pocket or he's got people in front of him and he can't step in the throw, it's the same result. He can still make that. So he has every club in the bag, and he has incredible accuracy. And uh, there's no way. I don't think there's any way he gets out of the top 15. I think the things we're talking about in his uniform, I think that would make him even more attractive to a guy like Bill Belichick because he is a throwback. Right, right. He is like a Bobby Lane or a Joe Cap or a guy who's just going to go out there and get it done and doesn't look the part of the modern robot athlete quarterback. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 so there's some charm to that. And at the end of the day, all that matters is what you do with it, what you do with the ball. And uh, as you said, if you look past the appearance, 
the guy can do great things with the ball. I mean, Peyton Manning was not an Adonis. Right. I remember when Peyton yeah. Manning hosted Saturday Night Live, he had the pecs of an eight-year-old boy. It doesn't <laughs> right. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Peyton Manning looks better in a bathing suit now than he did when he was playing. You're right. He's actually got – looks like he's been doing sit-ups and, like, some bench press and stuff. It does not matter. Quarterbacks are not that way. A lot of the times they don't want to be muscular and built that way. They want to be flexible and fluid so the ball and the throwing motion can, you know, not be constricted by big shoulders and pec muscles and things like that. And, you know, Kristen, throw up those stats again. You know, first off, we talked about the, uh, you know, and I'm not a stat guy, but, but you know, stats get used for some people and then other people they just swipe it under the rug and go oh we're not gonna like like this one this one bothers me too right now zach wilson there's a concern about the competition level trey lance who went to a lesser school you never hear that about the competition level it's not even a discussion right so now last year everyone was gushing about the greatest statistical year ever by a quarterback in joe burrow oh my gosh Mac Jones played a tougher schedule and had less weapons around him than Joe Burrow, and he broke all the damn records. You know, let alone your eye tells you to show you and go, wait, I don't care about numbers. What I'm seeing on the field is real. And I just think that's one that's being people are being a little too overanalytical about. And I, I, I'm, you, you heard me say it. I think he's a better prospect than Tua, and he's a top 10 pick. Well, uh, that makes it a fascinating draft especially at the quarterback position because you've got all shapes and sizes of quarterbacks and mac jones is a guy who is unique in that regard patrick certain real quickly here uh give me your thoughts on what he did well he's a beast i mean he's a you know freak of nature in a lot of ways and i'm doing my cornerback you know safety rankings today on my podcast so i don't want to let let it out to where i have him but he's certainly one of the top corners in the draft I mean, he's flawless technique wise. He's got incredible size for the for the position to go, you know, six two, you know, over two hundred pounds. And, you know, everything he does as far as cutting and moving, it's it's all really good. You know, the thing that was the big question about Patrick Sertain and and is a little bit of a, you know, a, let's say a negative or concern is just pure speed, right? If you're gonna be covering guys that run four three eight then it's going to be hard to cover them if you can't run 4-3-8 too. Now, he ran low 4-4. You know, that's good. But I do like to remind everybody, 4-4 at your NFL Pro Day is really probably 4-5 at the Combine when they do laser. There is a difference there. That's why guys don't run at the the Combine a lot of the times because they know, ooh, when I do it at the Pro Day, it's handheld time. There's a human error factor in touching the clock compared to at the combine where there's a laser at the end that you have to run through. So 4-4-2 is great. He's going to be able to say, I've ran that his whole life. The smart evaluators are going to sit there and go, "Ah, I'm still not sure about his top end speed. That's the big question about him. But I mean, everything else is perfect. And as I say every year at this time, I didn't say it as many times this year because there was no scouting combine. The only time you run 40 yards in a straight line on a football field is when something very good is happening or when something very bad is happening. The speed and the quickness and the agility are more relevant in a tight, confined space. Yes, they are. The most most times you're rarely in a full out sprint and you're definitely never in a full out sprint without your helmet and pads on. No, which is how these guys run the 40 yard dash. All right, let's take a break. Corey Davis said something interesting about Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. We'll, We'll let you see what he had to say and we'll give you our reaction to it when PFT Live continues right after this.
receiver's success goes hand in hand with the quarterback. And right now the Jets have a big question mark at quarterback. How did, what are your thoughts on that situation? Not knowing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the situation, it is what it is. Obviously I'm coming in with my understanding that, you know, it's the guy and, um, you know, that doesn't scare me away at all. Um, you know, I've seen Sam do great things and, you know, I have all the belief in him and, um, you know, whichever direction they decide to go, it's, it's, it's on me to, to make sure that I'm ready. Um, not very convincing explanation from Corey Davis that Sam is the guy. He says, right. I'm coming in with the understanding that he's the guy, but whatever direction they decide to go in, it's on me. And then he was asked a follow-up question. So they told you that, that Sam Darnold is going to be the starting quarterback. And his response was something like, yeah, that's my understanding. Look, they, they're not going to tell they're, they're not him gonna what disclose the, right, to him or right. anyone else what they're planning on doing. Right. All that matters to him is that's the team he's playing for now, and he trusts that they're going to have a quarterback at least as good as Sam Darnold ready to go come week one. No, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, again, I think that there is belief in that Jets organization that Sam Darnold can be a good quarterback and lead them to the playoffs and the promised land. I do, and I think they also look at it from the same, you know, the factor that he does fit in the offense that Mike LaFleur is going to run and everything there too. So I, I don't, you know, like we said before, we started. I started evaluating quarterbacks and doing all that. I, I don't think that's a wrong move if they keep Sam Darnold and, and decide to, you know, maybe trade the number two pick away to somebody who is hot on Zach Wilson or, you know, maybe they take somebody else at number two. I don't know. Um, it, it's not horrible. I just know, you know, the way I look at it, Zach Wilson's got some really, really special attributes to his game, really special, that fit that offense even more than Sam Darnold, you know, like we talked about with Rodgers up there with Green Bay and Matt LaFleur. So uh, that'll, that'll be interesting. And listen, I think that the, you'll hear the Sam Darnold trade talk and everything start to heat up more after the Jets get to check all their boxes and get to see, you know, the Zach Wilson pro day and get to meet them a little bit and bring them in and do that to where there'll be a decision made to go, okay, this is we like this guy. You know, the person confirmed everything we saw on film. Now let's shop Sam Darnold. Or they get done with the process and, you know, there's something they don't like about Zach Wilson. And they they move on. And then they say, okay, Sam's the guy, and does anybody want the number two pick? So that, that'll be interesting, too. You know, and here, here, here's one thing that, again, just draft stuff that bothers me, right? I just Narratives. One thing I hear with Zach Wilson, and people ask me this when I go on radio, well, you know, he's a rich kid. You know, he's you – know, he, okay. Oh, Laissez-faire. Laissez-faire. Laissez-faire upbringing. Yes. You know, yes. You know, but but my, my, my comment to that would be like, you know, Peyton and Eli, they, they weren't poor, okay? Yeah, I think they were kind of rich, right? Chris Sims was rich. You, we can go on and on down the line. That doesn't mean Jack diddly squat. You know, and a lot of the times with those type of people, you know, if you have a father who's worked hard and set a good example, you, you get to see and go, wait, that's what I got to do to be successful. I got to be like dad. I see him working and he, he gets after it every day. The other thing that people always take for granted in that situation, and I'll be the first to tell you is, I like being able to have money and do what I want to do. So I was willing to work because I wanted to live the life that I had grown up in and wanted to continue to do that. 
and not have to think about, you know, penny pinching and all those type of things. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked in this situation too. I'm just I'm just glad to know that that is a trigger for you. I mean, criticism of Steve, quarterback prospects because well, they're rich. I don't like some of those narratives, like I said, where Zach Wilson, we talk about, you know, again, the competition. And then yet with Trey Lance, who's also in the first round conversation, competition's not part of the conversation. I don't know why, but that's not. And I just don't understand why some things become like synonymous with a player and then the other guy gets a free pass on the same thing. And that's that's bothers can, me about the I, draft can process. I, can I be can I be completely candid of about course. why this happens? Yeah, tell me. Because the the draft Nick industry, the people who are only in this to tell us about the players coming out of the draft, they get manipulated. They get manipulated yeah. by their sources. And the story and their sources and know that, yeah. they, that look, every team that likes a guy wants to spread bad stuff so the guy falls down the board and they can get him. And a team that doesn't like a guy will spread all kind of good stuff because they want some sucker to draft the guy before, before uh, they yeah, are on the board right. pushing down someone they want. So the people who do draft and only draft, I think, fall victim to that because they are preyed upon by scouts yeah. who have their agendas. we got to take a break. We'll be back more right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.